Hey guys, welcome back to the Exchange Podcast. I'm Chase, and I actually have a new co-host and intern for the summer season. Her name is Gabby Moore. How are you, Gabby? I'm doing great. Amazing. Amazing, yeah. It's a yeah. good time. Gabby's uh, working with me on Elevate Sports. Yes, which sir. should hear this before the uh, event, June 26th. Yes, sir. We got the MLB Develops Junior Home Run Derby. Yep. Go out there and hit a big one, you know? Yeah. Hit some dingers. Yes, sir. 10 a.m. Price Fields if you're in the Bartlesville area. If not and you still want to drive and come meet us, hang out. Follow Gabby Moore. What is it? At Gabby? At Gabby with an I. Moore with two O's. 41. No spaces. J-B-I-M-O-O-R-E. 41. There you go. I'm Lebanese Lemmy. All one word. All lowercase. And the Exchange Bartlesville, which will have a lot of fun stuff, too. And also, <laughs> yeah, Wiffle Ball <laughs> League starts. Pretty soon. Yeah, it's actually uh, starting today when we release this. is on a Wednesday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so spring training is this week. Um, and then the week after that, we start up the season. Come watch me hit some bombs. I actually moved the fence. Luckily, the fence I ordered wasn't as much fence as I thought I ordered. So I actually got to pull it in. Oh, that's good. Yeah, and I had some high schoolers and like middle school kids that were practicing out there with the wiffle ball f- thing, mm-hmm. and they only hit six home runs. So I think it should be good for us out of shape people. Hey, don't don't come for me as out of shape. Oh, I know, I know. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about the people <laughs> that will probably show up. I, you, if you were an ex-athlete, I mean, I was an ex-athlete and I got fat, so. It happens sometimes. Yes. No judgment um, here. No. We are also both ex-youth uh, group kids, and so that kind of sparked the topic for today. I know the last shows that we had were based around Lent and learning about Lent, and so we're going to dive into some different things. Very uh, different. Yeah, very different. This is probably one of those ones that we probably should have eased into, uh, Yeah, but it's just maybe hit the hard stuff early. We're not afraid to be brutally honest here. Right. I haven't gotten the approval to use the other S word, so I have to go with stuff. Waiting on approval from the boss. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Got to keep this clean on the old thing. PG. Yeah, PG. I'm more of a PG gal myself most of the time, so. I felt really weird setting up my kids uh, streaming stuff the other day, and like it was on Disney Plus, and it said, or no, it wasn't, might have been Peacock when I was setting up her profile. Mm-hmm. I felt a little edgy letting my three-year-old watch some tv y7 stuff Ooh. i know i I feel bad whenever i watch actual pg in my classroom because it's still supposed to be parental guidance right it makes me a little nervous well i mean there's it it depends on like the sandlot is a pg movie oh that that i got in trouble one time actually babysitting and letting my kid watch the sandlot i didn't get in trouble personally because he had watched it with his mom before but I didn't remember that those kids cussed that much yeah, in the sandlot. There were a couple of words. I just remember Benny the Jet Rodriguez. That's the main thing I remembered. So Benny the Jet. We should do like a. Uh, we should go over some of those great movies. Oh, I definitely would. In another in another episode, but <laughs> today this, today. Speaking of Benny the Jet Rodriguez and me only remembering him from the Sandlot. Hey, he was at the uh, he was at the tw- the thirty year anniversary. He's now a firefighter. Precious. For like L.A. does like the calendar thing, like he's that typical what all those ladies like the firemen to look like or whatever. Oh. Yeah, 
Um, Go off, King. Hambino, he mm-hmm. uh, he looks the same. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, they're all the same way. But we probably should get into this episode now that we've used up four minutes to not talk about what we're talking about. Hey, it's but okay. hey, this is all kind of off the cuff. We have some pointers to point us into where we're going. But um, I told her I was going to do it. But here is our intro into our first show. <sighs> Purity culture, the most vague, talked about, taboo subject. Yeah. I did not choose to do that introduction. If you thought it was cheesy like I did, I'm sorry. But it fits. It does. It really does. Purity culture was turned into a cheesy thing, and it was... Um, so I guess kind of give a background for your growing up and I'll give a background of mine and we'll kind of work through this. Okay. So I actually came up with a lot of our outline. And when I say the most vague talked about taboo subject, you think of all of those words and you think about how none of them make sense together. But then when you grow up in the church, purity culture and the idea of saving yourself for marriage is the most vague talked about taboo subject because it's vague in the rules that you're given almost a lot of the times it's very vague it's always talked about in youth group because they know it's a problem but then it's taboo when you come to an actual elder or deacon or youth group leader with an issue so well and i grew up a pastor's kid southern baptist preacher and um i I went to a couple of these true love weights rallies where you sign that virgin contract and there's rings involved. And I didn't know there was so much stuff going on. She still has her. I'm holding up my hand as I, I still wear my purity ring proudly, but so yeah. correct me if I'm wrong. The idea is you give that ring to your dad at the wedding. And then like you replace it with the, it is really depending on what you personally want to do. I know personally, I did not go to, I didn't have true love weights rallies or anything like that. It was more of a personal decision I made with my mom. So I read this book about purity. I was 12 years old and it talked about a lot of subjects that I didn't really quite understand yet, but I totally understood that I loved God and wanted to live for God. And so I signed this contract saying that I wanted to stay pure in thought and mind and body so that I could serve the Lord better And based off of that, and it was actually my 12th birthday, I got my purity ring and I've been wearing it probably ever since. Have you had to have it resized? I have three times actually. And actually my friends at Oku, I go to Oklahoma Wesleyan University, if you did not know, like to give me a hard time because the back of my purity ring is cracked down Uh the middle. I know. And they always give me a hard time. They're like, what did you do to crack your pretty ring? But it was honestly a haunted house. I hit the wall being scared on one of the jumping out portions and I cracked it down the back. But I've always planned on wearing my purity ring and I've always kind of wanted a engagement ring that could stack with it. Right. And then having my husband take off my purity ring and then put on my wedding ring when I say my vows. But that's always been my idea. So, Well, so the, I mean, that's cool. I think that's great. I think it's a great idea. I think that there's a lot of pluses to 
staying pure. Definitely. Would we like to go over some of the pros? I do. I think we need to give a little bit of maybe history for purity people. So purity culture, one of the founders was Joshua Harris, who wrote a book called I Kiss Dating Goodbye. He published it in 1997. He's an author and a pastor. And he developed the idea of going back to the old school, like courting and things like that. Um, but oddly enough, last year, two years ago, he separated from his wife. Um, you know, not like saying, hey, ooh, look at this. Yeah. Uh, but just kind of keeping that relevant to where we're at and what we're talking about. Um, they had shared that we're writing to share the news that we are separating and will continue our life together as friends. In recent years, some significant changes have taken place. And both of us, it is with sincere love for one another and understanding of our unique story as a couple that we are moving forward with the decision. We hope a to create a generous and supportive future for each other and for our three amazing children in the years ahead. Thank you for understanding and for respecting our privacy during this difficult time. Um, it doesn't really say much about anything else on that, but in recent years, he has come back and kind of said, Hey, I've gotten rid of the notion of the purity culture, the true love weights, the, the dating and things like that. And so when we decided that this was going to be our first show, we started to look through and how many pluses did we find for articles supporting that wasn't Uber conservative Christian, what you would find at like Lifeway bookstore or Mardell's um, that was more like your run of the mill average Joe writing a, or Joanne uh, writing a article. Basically looking online. Once you type in purity culture, you're going to be overwhelmingly like filled with, how it basically was almost this group idea that turned south. It's definitely, we could barely find any articles that were showing how waiting for marriage was healthy and things of that nature. I, I rely heavily on my own personal experience and I've seen it as a very positive thing, but based on the internet, you would almost think of it as otherwise. Right, yeah, not not a good thing. Yeah, not a good um, thing. I will say, in defense of purity culture, uh, which I think you're going to be more on the defense for purity culture than I will be, um, that a lot of the articles I read seemed like there were some other underlying issues that stemmed in some of the opinions that were given. I don't know for sure because I don't personally know the people, but it seemed like there were some other underlying issues that weren't ever brought up in what was forming this just by reading some of their other articles and seeing their platform that they were trying to push. So there is that. But I will say that I have seen purity culture kind of backfire on people. Um, the person that I confide in a lot in a lot of this stuff is one of my cousins. Um, and she is, you know, a girl, uh, used the she pronoun. And, um, she said, you know, I understand where there were some issues, but um, they tried their best. And so I wonder where we draw the line on we've tried our best, we've given it our all to do something great, but to finally be like, look, guys, we effed up bad. Like, we, we did, I mean, at least 
Josh Harris is kind of doing that. You can say that. Frick on the podcast. Yeah, but that just sounds so weird. Frick? Yeah, and I don't have like a like a beep noise. <laughs> if I had that, I'd just do that over the top. Um, but th- they are at least, there are some people that are coming out that were big pro-purity culture people that are kind of like, Ugh, I kind of see it. And so I guess let's go over... Gabby gave us kind of her top five, and we'll piece them together. So go through them real quick. Kind of give us a heads up, and then we'll go back and kind of for the pros or the cons for the cons. We'll follow. We'll follow the script. Oh well, so cons are of course very much easier to find than the pros. But the first con that I found that was talked about highly in most of the articles is that it talks about the pressure of sexual urges um, falling mainly on the guy and the women being the moral compass and the breaks. Yes. And so I we read an article actually talking about a toaster. Do you remember that one? I do. I think that one falls <laughs> into the gray area. Yeah, but it also talked about how in the messages that were provided to this youth group that it was mainly aimed towards the males and how almost youth directors never talked about how women also have sexual urges. Right. Which I slightly understand, but I slightly didn't. Well, I think for me, because I grew up hearing that that same thing, um, most of my uh, most of my youth pastors at the time weren't married or didn't have a significant other that was very uh, prominent in the youth group. And so you kind of have like a youth group mom who kind of oversaw stuff that was um, geared toward women. They didn't really have a real good voice for uh, girls. You got the, okay, guys, we're going to split up into two groups. Yep. Boys go to the gym. Girls are going downstairs. Yes. Kind of talk. But I think that's because, I don't know, I had some kind of nerdy youth guys that I don't think ever was like, well, I don't know much about women because... I've never really dated a woman, so I don't really know what to go off of, and I don't talk to my sister, or, you know, it was just, they didn't have a lot of womanly influence. Plus, we grew up in conservative churches where women youth pastors were not the norm because it was predominantly the man's game after, you know, elementary school. uh, Completely, yeah. Sunday school. So I think that you got those answers a lot, Mainly because there was that idea of raising men up to be godly, biblical men and that they needed to be in control of a household. And I think that that might have been their mindset was going back to, you know, fathers, raise your children to be, you know, biblically minded or whatever. Um, And I think maybe that was an attempt on it. But I did see where it was boys will be boys and they can't control themselves and it's you that the girl that has to stop you know so how do you do that you act modestly you don't you leave room in in between for the holy spirit when you're dancing i to comment on that in my own personal life i growing up especially i was of course always told that similar to what you said boys will be boys and that you're going to need to be the moral compass 
And it turned out that a lot of that was true, but it wasn't because of the boys being boys and me being the true moral compass. It was more the fact I was more mature spiritually or I felt that my past boyfriends weren't in the word as deeply as they said they were. And so they always pushed my boundaries simply to see how far they would get and where I thought the line was going to be instead of us coming together and setting the line where we weren't going to tiptoe over it, you know? Right. Well, and I also think there was a lot of misconception that there were, that there weren't girls like that in the youth group. I think there was the idea that these youth group girls put this facade on as, oh, these wholesome people. Like I always heard the joke, true love waits till we get to the parking lot. Like that was kind of one of the things that we would get, that you would hear and you would, there was always that one youth group that had the pregnant girl in it. And so all of, you know, everybody gets lumped into that. It It's, it's crappy on how people are really. I mean, like people do things like that. And I think that's one of the things that is so hard about a Christian is because there's so many hypocritical Christians who put themselves and elevate themselves as, Oh, I'm this big, mighty Christian. And then the mighty will fall and that's what happens, and it leaves us with this situation where now, ooh, look at you, you're Miss Goody Two-Shoe, now you're pregnant. Oh, you didn't take that true love waits thing very seriously, now did you? And and I think that was one of the other things that we talked about in the second part, or in the second one was, um, you know. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I put the point, it's easy to say, it's easy to tell a youth group or to tell individuals um, not to have sex or not to fall into sin, but when it happens, it becomes a taboo subject when it's confessed or questioned at all. Yes. And so... Now, I think that the whole subject altogether is pretty taboo. I think we had the edgy guy that wants to come in and talk about it and do this and that, but never really talked about it, always tiptoed around it and thought that if he threw out words like sex and porn and lust and you know, masturbation, ooh, the M word, um, you end up, that was being edgy and cool, but it was never really actually talked about. And I always saw it not so much on the, if you've decided on this, but now you've strayed away. I've always seen it as it was harder to get into the church deal if it wasn't something that you were brought because they teach grace yeah that's what you're hurt you know that's what you hear oh you know forgive ask for forgiveness of your sins and it will be given to you but they never really talked about the kid who didn't really go to church or didn't have a religious background didn't have a christian background they already made those decisions i think a lot of it too that stems from the fact that having sex before marriage and sexual immorality, I put quotation marks around because it gets likes to get lumped together um, and can be pretty vague inside of a youth group. Yeah. Um, things like that are put on this pedestal where they become taboo because they're such a no-no in the church. But honestly, you have to go back to the fact of God sees all sin equally. Right. I remember I had a friend who was struggling with this in middle school and he had sent me this picture and it was this like bar graph and like each of them had a label of like lying, stealing, 
sex before marriage. And like, so on the bar graph, you see all of them um, ranked higher than the other, but then it showed a picture of it from the top view. And it was like how God sees it. And then of course, all of them were the equal square. Right. And so you have to, and once you confess sin, God sees it as clean. Well, and so, I don't think that it's... And you should turn away from it, but... Right. And, and a lot of things I think we've made as a, uh, like a um, cultural decision on things. I think the culture of our time has decided, and, and I know the Christian world gets a pretty bad rap for it, but they don't... Um, I don't really necessarily say that they're the reason for that. I think there is some moral compass and things that you are constantly going to have. There's constantly going to be Christians and non-Christians fighting over women's abortion rights, LGBTQ, things that lump get lumped a lot into the Christian world. There's also a lot of non-believers who just have a conservative outlook on life who are going to sway one way or the other. Um, but I think you're right on, on the point you were making that, you know, there, there's not really talked about, but oddly enough, we have a whole lot of opinions on things that aren't talked about in the Bible, yet we had a whole area in the Bible written for sexual immorality and sins that involve something sexually in nature, uh, but we don't really choose to focus on that. I used to go to a church camp, and I went as a kid. I went as a high schooler. I went as kind of a college counselor thing when I went... And the two questions that I always got asked, and it was usually by an eighth grade boy. Of course. Was how far is too far with my girlfriend and is masturbation a sin? Those are the two questions I always knew I was going to get asked. And it was between Wednesday and Friday after everybody had gotten comfortable. <laughs> and was like, ah, oh, man, this guy's cool. I can probably talk to him about it. And I've heard so many youth ministers. And you like, like they scoot you to the side and it's just you and them in like a room or in this corner of the room. And then yep. you feel trapped because you're like, I have to answer this question. But I, I don't know what the church camp wants me to answer versus what I should answer yes. or what I think personally. Well, and you have the, you know when it's coming because the kid looks down and he's like kicking his feet kind of and he's, he's like twiddling his fingers yeah. he's doing the like the you know the right knuckle pop right yeah and, and so i know when it's coming and i start to really start to think about okay which one am i about to get asked he doesn't have a girlfriend or he does have a girlfriend like where are we going with this and it's just like hey can i ask you a question i'm like oh here we go. Because I've heard so many people misquote the Bible on whatever they wanted to do. Yeah, of course. I mean, I've had people that have used, uh, what was it, Onan? Onan or whatever at the beginning of the Bible when he's supposed to um, take his brother's wife. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, and they talk about how he his seed hit the ground and God struck him dead. Yeah, that was pulling out. That was a totally different subject. Um, it wasn't on the grid there, but that's what youth ministers have used to push the. For sure. Yeah, it's a sin, and then you have the kid who's like Ecclesiastes ten nine or nine ten. Whatever your hand find to do with, do with with all its might, and it's like, nah, dude, that means get a job. Um, that I've never heard that yeah, one in that context. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, is. Yeah. You get kids who look, who, you know, who who think, oh, I'm supposed to do whatever I do unto the Lord. Yes. And that is. And it's hard, and it's 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 weird because there isn't a roadmap for that. For sure, it's never mentioned. The only thing that's ever mentioned is you're not supposed to lust, and then you have people who want to bring that up. You know, what is lusting? What is this? Is lusting a 
theft thing where you're taking something without asking? Is it mm -hmm. what is it? And and you have people who are, you know, it, it's confusing for people. And I think it's because we've made it too confusing because we've added our own rules. We've added what we want to. For sure. Not saying that we add to the Bible, but we add to the interpretation of the Bible. And a lot of it does stem from your youth group or your parents or the church wanting to keep you safe, of right. course, but still adding more rules can definitely get more confusing. Yes. And, it, and it's, you know, it's a very simple thing. It's the gospel. Um, and a lot of people argue, oh, well, the rules in the Bible about sexual immorality were in the Old Testament. Do I still have to follow that? Yes, you still have to follow that. For sure. You can't like your sister, okay? It's just, it's not good. Definitely not. Yeah. Please do not. Right. And it's like, why couldn't the Bible have just wrote it a lot easier when you're reading that and you're like, now who am I not supposed to like? Cause it's like, if you like your, like, I, I don't know if there were just different terms in the Bible. It's like you can't thing. like your wife's, your wife's brother. And I'm like, okay, my, my brother-in-law. And then it's like your wife's brother's wife. And it's like, why can't she just be my sister-in-law? That's true. One thing I have talked to my friends about too, that we commonly like to forget about especially because we try to dr dive deep into the word of God and we're like, we want to be spiritually led, which is totally understandable because we're supposed to live for Christ. Right. But God blessed us with common sense as well. And I feel like churches sometimes don't like to say that, but God blessed you with common sense and it needs to be used more often than sometimes we would like to say it. Well, and I think common sense too can also fall into the line of convictions. That's true. So we were talking about that yesterday. Um, different people have different convictions. That's completely 100% true. Where, so I, I'll share, I have a bit of a potty mouth. I don't find certain words to be offensive. I don't find a lot. If I offend you, you're probably getting a sentence of some type. Like, I mean, it's got to be pretty bad. It takes a lot to offend me. And I don't know, people are like, well, that's not a good thing. And I'm like, no, I don't really think it's a good thing because I don't think it's a bad thing because... I know the world is a messed up place and I don't put what, you know, quote unquote Christians should live by on people who aren't Christians. And I think we have a bad stigma of doing that in churches where it's, you know, we want this change and we want it now. And then you can come to church. It's like, get saved, wear your khakis, get your polo shirt on, go to your chain restaurants and you will be okay. Like that's how a lot of churches operate. Once you figure it out, come join us. Not, come join us, see how we live. And I think it's because we just don't hold, have this. That's true. Sometimes we do need to, I feel I can completely agree with you in the fact of biblically, Jesus didn't tell the tax collectors to stop being tax collectors and then had them follow him. Right. They had him follow him still as tax collectors, as Peter was definitely, I personally love looking at Peter's story because Peter's Peter great. had a temper. Peter was angry. Peter was, Peter was a cusser. Peter was, um, actually, I one year at New Diana High School where I graduated from, we did the last days of Judas Iscariot, which is just really cool play. It does have some potty language. I'm not saying go let your 12-year-old read it, but Peter was the zealot in our translation of our script and he was completely just a normal dude, you know? Yeah. They, and that's the thing was they were fishermen. They were, For sure. 
I mean, you hear the term cussing like a sailor. They mm-hmm. were they were essentially sailors. And you can definitely look at their lives and see inside of their lives how they change. And right. then you can even look at Paul. Paul was a persecutor of Christians. God didn't make him stop persecuting Christians. And then just to follow him, he had the miracle. And then Paul changed his life. Right. So, so, so convictions for me, I had, you know, prior to a lot of things, um, I started to change. And... One of the things that I felt strongly convicted about was taking the Lord's name in vain. I was a pretty avid user of the old GD and the JCs and everything like that. And that was the thing that really changed for me. The other things, other words that I have in my vocabulary, I don't feel bad about. I don't feel like, oh, no, man, I shouldn't have said that. Now, I do know how to be respectful. And I think that's where a lot of people get things confused is... No, Paul talks about everything is permissible, but is everything beneficial? He also talks yes. about, you know, um, the meat from the altar is not a sin to eat, but if somebody thinks that it is a sin to eat, I probably should eat it because that's going to cause them to be a stumbling block. So that's one of the things that I always keep in the mind of me is, and I don't think that means that you live a double life and that you have a secretive life, but that's how everything is. Yes, for sure. Wearing short shorts, wearing booty shorts is not a sin. But I probably wouldn't, and, and it's not a it's not a bad thing to do. Probably wouldn't wear it to a job where you have to wear slacks. For sure, um, know another, your audience. Another example of that that um, was taught to me in church. That um, passage of scripture actually did get brought up when I asked some of the elders in my church about like gray areas. I wasn't asking about anything specifically, but I was explaining how I felt that some things weren't covered in the Bible. And one of them was um, sleeping with your boyfriend, not sleeping as in sex, but like going and spending the night at their house. And they explained to me, sure, it says it doesn't say in the Bible that you can't do that. But if you're on, say, a youth group field trip, you and your significant other that aren't married shouldn't sleep together in the fact that it might cause another younger child to look or a child or youth group to look up to you and stumble in that way. Right. Because it's so much easier to look at someone that you see in the faith and say, oh, it's okay if they did it, so it should be okay if I do it. Right. Well, and then you got the people who are like, oh, look at those hypocrites. I mean, it's For it's, sure. it's all it all goes downhill. Um, but that's where the gray areas fall in line. And I think it's one of those deals where there are things God doesn't talk about in the Bible or that's not presented in the Bible for the idea that... It is a look at you over there with your snacks. I'm just snacking I'm, on some life cereal. I'm so trying not to smack or snack in y'all's ear, look, and I apologize. Look, I got a button for it. I got a button for it. They won't even hear you chewing. Just chew away. I'll just talk for a minute. You know, I got you. Um, but I think what it is, it God gives us these areas really to interpret in our own life, kind of our own moral compass of, you know, where does this act or where does this thought or what does this do? Is it good for you? Maybe it could be great for you. Is it not good for you because it causes more of a problem? Yeah. You know, it's, it's like the casino. We got those here in Oklahoma. I don't think there's anything wrong with going to the casino. I don't think sports betting. There's anything wrong. I could spend 20 bucks and play, play sport, you know, sports betting games online. And, um, I don't feel bad about it, but there's some people who can't just stop at 20 bucks by the end of it. They're at $140 and now they're over here asking me for 20 bucks 
so that they can eat for the rest of the week. I think that is where you can draw some lines on that. So I think the gray areas that we've been talking about, um, oh, look at that with the Ziploc bag. I think that's actually trademarked. I don't even know if I can talk about that. Um, the gray areas <laughs> that we have are, to me, a lot of it is based around personal, are you going to get, are you okay? I was backing away from the mic because I was still chewing a oh. little bit. But wait, listen to this sound. It'll be so satisfying if I can actually do it. Yeah. I'm going to have to make sure she doesn't snack next time, guys. Peach peace tea, everyone. Ooh. So I, I guess we'll we'll continue on in the gray areas. Like, how would you... How would you personally talk to a, a younger person who, because you have some leadership roles at your school. Um, people I look do. at you as like a leader in your church. Makes and, me a little nervous sometimes. Right. I think, aren't you an RA? I am an RA at the school. Just don't let them burn down the, just don't let them burn down the dorm. Yes, I will try not to let them do that. I think what is it, CPR and don't burn the dorm down? I do know CPR. I am CPR and Heimlich certified. Look out, look out, look out freshmen coming in. So if a a person came to you and was just like, hey, you know, like, um, what do you think, like, about masturbation? Like, if they asked you about something like that, like, do you feel comfortable enough in your walk to give them an answer that you think is going to cover that are, are you going to misquote the buy like what do you do in situations where you don't have a clear direction from the bible that says hey you know what it's not like if i like if they came up to you and said hey i've really been feeling about murdering my dorm oh my, my goodness <laughs> my my you know my roommate um you can be like we well, definitely should bi- talk to <laughs> megan um first the bible goes against murder in yes. all cases second yes. let's talk to the rd right and we will get you out of the, your rooms you have a clear <laughs> you have a clear path yes but when you have things that aren't ever mentioned in the bible but there's so much opinion about it based around ideas that may or may not be in the Bible, where do you go? What do you do? So I hate to give the answer of it's always great to go to a trusted adult figure and me being the trusted adult figure in this case, I'm guessing. Yes. But I am not afraid. I'm the person who's not afraid to say, let me call my mom. I have asked my mom similar questions before. She's very brutally honest with me and has been brutally honest with me my whole life. And I know that when... Are you, you're I, not going to tell them about the toaster. You're not going to tell them everything about a toaster. Uh, no, I, I... The toaster's that, a horrible idea. That was an awful idea. And you need to explain the, the toaster now because you brought it up and... So there was a college deal that was taught. It was supposed to be about men and women. And uh, was it going to be one of those edgy, like, uh, we're going to talk about all the questions you've ever had about the Bible. And the topic came up and they were talking about how you can't not lust, basically. And so they said, well, I guess if you just think about a toaster the whole time, um, then you're not lusting. Yeah. And I don't, I'm like, oh gosh, that's the worst, that's the worst answer I've ever heard. Bad advice. In the the, whole world of advice giving. Yes, definitely. So it's a gray area. It's one of those things where, 
I think if I was to be put in that situation mm-hmm. and I didn't have time to call somebody or I didn't have somebody to turn to that I felt would give me a good answer, I would probably, I would have to be like, well, let's look. Is it something that you're asking about because you're thinking about you know, pursuing or is this something that you've dove into and now you're like, oh, crap, here I am. Like, now what do I do? Am I still... Did I earn the crack in my purity ring? Like, you know, what? Hey, don't bring up the crack in the purity ring. You brought it up. As the mega virgin on the podcast, you yes. can't bring up the crack in the purity ring. Yes. In case anybody's wondering, I have I... a three-year-old kid, so I probably don't get to <laughs> take that title anymore. You're also grown and been married before. Yes. So. so does that mean that if you are the director of mega virgins, you're the DMV? I guess. I go. So... A joke that I have said at my university quite often and amongst my friends is that I am the mega virgin as I have a sign that I want to stay pure until I'm married and things of that nature. I thought it was funny because you sent over your lesson plans for the daycare and like you had like this thing that was in the background it was like on a different piece of paper. It was for a different school project. It was something like mega prude or... It, so for the project, we had to make a self-portrait and I took a piece of paper and I wrote down all the culturally seen as bad things yeah. people have said about me. And then I drew a really abstract picture of a face and was like, this is me because I am seen as a prude amongst the culture because I want to stray away from sexual activities. Right. Well, your boss had me text to make sure that you weren't, like, writing down all these horrible things about you before, like, you, like, make, we were just doing a welfare check, making sure that you were okay. I was completely fine. But I, I would question if somebody asked me this, and it's like, okay, let's narrow down. Is this something that you've done, and now you're like, oh, crap, and what kind of For sure. wormhole have I gotten myself into? Where, where am I at? And I would honestly ask the question, is this, am I feeling guilt and shame? And if I am feeling guilt and shame, where am I feeling this guilt and shame from? For sure. And I think you can really begin to, and it, it, sometimes it can be hard if you're not spiritually mature, if you're not looking spiritually for guidance and things like that. It can be hard. I would ask, is this guilt or shame that I'm feeling, is it coming from God? Or is it coming from the fact that nobody talks about something? Or am I feeling it because all of my friends think this way and I don't feel that way? I have been, I have given the advice before that God gave you your gut, so you should use it. Yes. And the fact of, I talked about how they were, the person I was talking to was obviously a very, very much a believer in Christ. And I explained to them that the Holy Spirit does make you feel convicted. And so that might be the Holy spirit working on you. And that might be your gut reaction to the activity or the thing in question. Right. And you might want to turn away from that. Right. But so I I think gray areas are always going to come up because it is. And I think that'll be something that we talk about too, uh, that we were going to keep towards the end of the podcast. Um, that, I think you're going to get more questions on that type of situation because there are more gray areas that have been put into us culturally just because of the way that things are different now. For sure. Um, 
your other con that you had was makes people feel bad for temptation versus action. Yes, which goes a lot with the convictions of feelings in gray areas. So, so I are you saying like if you're tempted, you feel bad about being tempted? No, I'm more leaning towards. So I have a thing that I actually wrote down and put in the front of my Bible, and it says purity culture leaves youth feeling alone and guilty for their human desires. Not talking does not lead to good, but fear in the face of temptation. And so I more mean that within the temptation that it is a human desire because as youth pastors like to point out, sex is good. God created sex to be between a man and a wife. And it's a great thing when it's inside of a marriage. Yeah. But it's the temptation outside of the marriage that has kids feeling bad when even though I might be faced with temptation of wanting to have sex with someone and then turning away from it and saying, no, I still feel bad for feeling that way. Right. Well, and I think they generalize things too. Like on that second point where we were talking about, it's easy to say not to have sex or fall into the sins, but because of the taboo subject or it becomes a taboo subject when it's questioned or confessed. I think that there is that problem too, where you see it and it's like, let's take a look at Tommy. <laughs> Tommy, yeah, Tommy has all the girls, all, and he's just running through all these girls. And you know why he's doing that? Because he's alone. And it's like, yeah, but there could be a person, too, doing Like, we've really heightened that. And then it's, you know, yes, there is some truth to, you know, when you begin to get into a habit and it becomes a bad habit where, you know, if you have a relationship and this has happened this one time, now you're telling girls a lot that, Oh, well, they've gone this far, so now all the guys know you've gone that far. So now to keep this guy around, you're going to have to, you know, up your game. And and it's like it's a never-ending cycle that you almost feel like you can't break. For sure. And I think, you know, th that kind of goes along with what you're talking about on the temptation and, and versus the action. I, I think there's a lot of that that goes on that went on in the purity culture, and I think it still goes on now where – we worry about just making sure it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. And we don't have a clue what to do when it does happen. For sure. Um, one thing I will talk about is I revisited the idea of purity within college in a different mindset than I had when I was 12 years old and made my purity pack. No, I didn't make any life-changing decisions where I wanted to abandon my ideas of purity or anything along those lines. But I did look up YouTube videos and for some guidance and there are a lot of very highly thought of Christians who decided that they just weren't going to kiss because it could lead to them having sex. And I personally could not see the full, I could see where it starts the connection, but I couldn't, I felt like that I had enough self-control where I could cut it off before those lines were connected. <laughs> And so I feel like, especially I, when I had my first kiss in high school, honestly, uh, it was not a good time because I felt awful about it for no reason whatsoever, other than the fact that this was, oh, you know, the charm bracelet idea. Have you ever heard of that? So one thing I that was uh, told to me one time was that um, these milestones that you go through in your life are like charm bracelets and every, like a charm bracelet. Okay. And every time you hit one, you have to take the charm off and give it to that person. And that person will have it forever. 
And it's it's understandable in the fact of you obviously are going to remember who you had your first kiss with. Right. And things like that. But it almost makes those small points so monumental that they that Christians don't want to have them at all. Right. No, I mean, I, I mean, that makes that makes sense. Um, Completely. But I yeah, the try, the only bracelets I'd ever heard of were those like rubber bracelets that had the different colors and like they were banned like you couldn't wear them to church camp. they banned them from church camp one year do you know what i'm talking about no they were they were about the size of a hair tie but they were like a plastic kind of not very stretchy but kind of somewhat stretchy okay and um the different colors meant different things that you had to do with a person. And if you like gave it to them, you were supposed to do this act. Oh, and that's if crazy. I came by and like popped one of those bracelets and it broke. Now you've got to do what the color of the bracelet was. That's, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. It got real. It, it's those things that people just twist into weird things. Was, you know, some kids like, I just really like these nylon bracelets. They're kind of <laughs> cool. And yeah, no, yeah. Sure. No. But I think it's, you know, your your last point was only telling you not to do or think, not the how or why. For sure. And I think it takes it to where you don't appreciate yourself by understanding, hey, you know, people almost feel bad for wanting something or liking something. or And then you've got people who are just so eager and they're so scared that if something happens they are going to go down this horrible life of shame, depression, addiction, all these types of things that get tied into it. For sure. So they marry the first person that comes along. Yeah. And they don't date because they took Joshua Harris's I Kiss Dating Goodbye and they took that whole idea and they ran with it. They've never dated anyone. They get into one serious relationship and boom. And... You have to look at the positive of sometimes those are the relationships that work out the longest, but most of the time they're yeah. not. I have two friends, Jake and Savannah. They have been married to me since sophomore year of high school, and that was in 2005. For sure. They, I mean, they have been together since then. I have never seen them not date somebody else, and they're still married. They have kids together they're happy i know people who have done that it seems to happen in smaller towns where you grow up you know a place like duran oklahoma where i grew up or diana texas that can be a normal thing for sure um it's when you go to other places and you have all these fish in the sea if you go away for college if you do things like that i think it changes your perspective but to not casually date or things like that. I don't think that's one of those deals. As long as you, it's like you, you've got standards, you've got, you know, this is who I am. This is, you know, relationships are a give and take. This is what I'll give. Don't expect to take more than what I'm willing to give. And as long as you stay within those parameters, life is great. For sure. Um, another thing that has come up with purity and my personal walk is the idea of being equally yoked and equally yoked in Christ. So do you mean as in on the same, heading down the same path or? That was always left up to me because I was never explained that the, it, they, I was just simply given, you need to be equally yoked with that person. And a lot of people tried to, I don't want to say twist the scripture, but interpreted the scripture of the fact that I needed to be equally spirit, like I needed to be spiritually mature and equal with my partner in that idea. 
which is very hard when I've been going to church since I was eight years old. I accepted Christ at nine. I've been walking with Christ for a long time. Whereas I personally believe that the verse talks about heading in the same direction. Gotcha. So, I mean, that's how I would say it. I, I think, you know, you can learn things in relationships you know, ooh, this is a red flag I'll look for next time. This is, for sure. and I think you can do that within the scope of your Christian walk. I think that you can say, you know, like you've been at this game a lot longer than I have. Because if you follow the rule that you feel like you've been given, you would, you would be walking. You'd have to find you a doctorate in seminary, like to to really be. Well, thank you. I don't agree with that idea. But, but you know what I mean. Like if you like you've been in the you've been in the Christian game for, for a, a while long time. Now. Um, so I think you know that would be one of those things where, you know, I I think that we I and I don't I hate to use the term spiritually mature because I think that there's a lot of things that don't that don't get interpreted the right way. Of course. I think you can have people who are spiritually mature as opposed and be theologically dumb. Yes. I mean, I think there sure. are people that are that way. And I think there's people that, you know, will miss heaven. What is it saying? You'll miss heaven by six inches. Because you got the head knowledge, but you don't have the heart knowledge. Yes. So you can answer all of those things. You can use terms. You know about you know, Mr. Calvin and the Arminiast and that and this and that. And you know all the church history. I did take the systematic theology two class. And Uh-oh. That was a big, wo- those are some big words to yeah, put together. I know, right? And you know, you know the words, you know what it is, and you have that kind of head knowledge. But spiritually, you're as shallow as a shower. I mean, sure. you know, that's kind of how it looks. Um my the thing that is really a hard one to to answer is is that yoke you know but i do think that you have to be somewhere for sure i think one of the things about my current relationship and the idea of being yoked is the fact of respect and the idea that when we first started our relationship we had different ideas on certain aspects but my significant other uh, loves me enough and respects me enough that he knows that these boundaries are very strict in my life and that I do not want to cross them. And he can see where I'm coming from in those ideas. So he respects that and we are not going to cross those boundaries, even though he might have already done it kind of thing. Hey, I mean, good for you guys. That's good. Does the, does the Clint know that the that L word is getting thrown out there like that? Like that love? Um... The Clint is my father for the listeners as I am new to the podcast. I think he does. I know my mom knows. And we'll have him on. It's <laughs> the thing with my current relationship too is my mom actually made a comment. She goes, Well, she's never acted like this before. And in the fact of most of my other relationships, I was not very interested in the actual dating aspect. And one of my poor ex-boyfriends, I kissed one time in the six months we were dating. I just was not interested in the actual loving aspect. But this one I am. So hey, it's maturity. <laughs> not, maybe I, not the spiritual maturity that I you're talking about. But I wouldn't even know if it's maturity as more of the fact that I, I have more emotions towards this person than I have had in a very long time towards anyone else. I'm not a super emotional person, and so. And you don't feel you don't feel that weird, because conservative Christian world, you need to be married by the time you can drink, Ooh. right? 
You need to be working on it. The reason that you can't drink on your 21st birthday is because you're pregnant. That, because you've got married at like 18. Yeah, And you're for on your sure. second kid. That uh, Do you feel that? Uh, I mean, because you, you sound like you grew up in a fairly conservative church. Yes, definitely. Do you feel like maybe now that you're kind of on like borrowed time? I don't actually at all. I, growing up, I definitely wanted to be one of those girls simply because not... Not because I was taught to be one of those girls, but because I see having kids and a family as a major goal and something that I want. Right. And I love teaching children and I want to be a teacher. And so, like, I understand. I love babies. I love holding babies. I love playing with babies. I worked at a nursery for a very long time. So those are more goals. But I don't feel the pressure of having to rush into that at all anymore. Well, that's good. I, so, I like that you don't feel that. Pressure. I feel like actually, if anything, I don't want that. I think we're gonna have to do it. We need some time to breathe. Yes. As a young couple, before that happens. I think. I think we. I think we found some more podcast opportunities. So. Woo woo. So we we made it through the the. We made it through the cons, and it's taken fifty two minutes. Yikes! So the pros. And, and the thing that I will say about our cons is we don't have anything that like a Bible verse of or course. something scripture that brings it up. But I think that the scriptures that we're about to read from the prose are sometimes used to create the con. Yes, for sure. So the first pro is sexual safety. And you get that one from Proverbs 5, 8, 9. You want to go ahead and uh, let us know on that one? Of course. It's the NIV translation, which is my favorite personally. And it says, do not go near the door of her immoral, immoral women's house. If you do, you will lose your honor and hand over to merciless people everything you have achieved in your life. Afterwards, you will groan in anguish with disease consuming your body. Man. Yeah. That's a hard one. <laughs> um, and I, you know, Proverbs, it's a book of Proverbs. It's uh, yes. kind of a tool to use in pursuing your life. Um, you know, Proverbs is a great one to read. I like Proverbs. I try yes. to work. I try to read Proverbs a lot through the year. Um but yes, I, I totally agree with that. Um, now, you know, what are we going to say about the immoral woman? You know, everybody's thing is different. Um, but I understand that. Your second one was leaving room for Jesus leaves both time and thought for Jesus. I thought I made a funny play on words there. I enjoy it. And I, another thing I will bring up, when I was in middle school... I was the number one friend of saying, hey, the Bible never says Jesus was a skinny Jew. So maybe you should leave a little more room for Jesus. Ooh. I know. I thought it was so funny. <laughs> anyway, the verse I have for... Thank you. The verse I have for this topic is 1 Corinthians 7, 5, which says, so do not deprive each other of sexual relations. The only exception to this rule would be the agreement of both husband and wife to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so they can give themselves more com more time to completely break. Gotcha. There you go. <laughs> I might have added the Gabby Moore translation a yeah, little the bit Gabby there Yeah, the Gabby Moore end. translation. The NIV says themsel <laughs> to give themselves more completely to prayer. Yes. Uh, so cannot, My brain could not handle that. This is actually one of the ones that is really brought on um, in like premarital counseling. Letting people know, hey, um, don't use sex as a, some type of like bartering system. Like, hey, you go mow the lawn, come back inside. 
We'll play that funky music from the Exchange Bartlesville's intro to the podcast. You Please know. do not play the funky music I, from I the Exchange Bartlesville. Do not, do not tempt me. Um, but <laughs> it's it, it's true. Like, you know, people some people do that. Some people use sex as a tool of getting what they want. It's I mean, it's currency and it's it's not cool. Um, but yeah, there are times to take time away from each other. Heart what? Distance makes the heart grow fonder or something like that. Yes. It's, I, I think it goes for that as well. For sure. Your other one is goes against culture and making sex casual. Yes. And so for that verse, I have Hebrews 13, 4, which says marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and all the sexual immorality. Ooh. That's, that's a, a that's a hard one that comes up in purity culture and is used as the you will go to hell if you do these things. Yes. But I used it in more of the fact that our culture today does like to make sex more casual than I think it should be. Right. Definitely. And I think any church would agree with me saying that. Well, no, I, I agree with you as well. But and I think um, you, you had the last one, Song of Solomon 2.7, 2.7, repeated in 3.5 and 8.4. Promise me, O women of Jerusalem, by the swift gazelles and the deer of the wild, not to awaken and love until the time is right. For sure. Which you can say is marriage. You can say things. Here is my whole thing that will push the pros and the cons and what I was talking about on why we have so much more talking now in the church and around the world on the gray areas. When the Bible was written, marriage and puberty went hand in hand. Yes, for sure. Kids were getting married. They were 13 years old when they were getting married. As That's about the time. Yes. Women usually ranged from 13 to 14 and men ranged from 18 to 21. Yes. So there is that age gap. Um, now, am I saying that a 13 or 14 year old person should get married? No, definitely not in this culture. And For I sure think not. we have kind of no faults of our own. Maybe we've said, oh, that's too much to handle for a 13 or 14 year old kid. We've gap made a gap. You know, we've addressed that. Hey, these people are still developing children. For sure. Teenagers are children. They're still children. Yes. They're children minded with adult bodies. That's what it, they don't have the capacity to really make a lot of decisions like that. And there's a, a sense of, is it entrapment? Biblical marriage is one of those things that people will argue. What is a biblical marriage? Maybe we'll talk about that in a set in another episode on the podcast. Um, because the Bible is, it's really hard to live the life of the world and to be in what people would consider a true traditional biblical marriage. I think that when it talks about you'll leave your mother and father and you'll cling to your wife, that's because you were like 13 years old and they said, go be a wife. Well, I can see that too in the verses talking about women submit to your husbands. Well, 
if I was 13 or 14 and they were 18 to 21, I would submit to them a lot also. And the fact that they are wiser than me in their yeah. age and they're definitely older and would technically make better decisions. Right. Cause I don't know what Honestly. the hell is going on in my life. Me neither. I'm 13 <laughs> or 14. I'm 32 and I still sometimes don't know. What I the can't even remember what I was doing at 13. I, oh, I was 12 when I got the purity ring. So obviously I was thinking ahead, but at, at 13 years old, I thought life sucked and I was listening to good Charlotte. I mean, that was my 13 year old self Yikes. band t-shirt and camo cargo shorts, which at 32 <laughs> years old, I'm wearing a band t-shirt and camo cargo shorts today. Not a lot has changed, but I don't think that at that point I was willing to be. I was, I think the last year I wore, so fifth grade. I don't know how old that actually is. It's like 11 or 12. I was wearing tutu skirts still. Yeah, that was a popular thing around your age. I I, I was the president of fifth grade. And Ooh. so three days a week I wore business casual. And then Monday and Friday were skirt days, and I wore, I had a camo tutu skirt, a pink tutu skirt, and a red and black tutu skirt. Did you wear, like, the Hillary Clinton, uh, like, woman suits? Um, no, just because I didn't own any. I wore the business casual hand-me-downs I got from my mom, who works in a very business-oriented office building okay. for, a, for a credit union bank. Yeah. So like a, so, she's a banker. Yes. Gotcha. So. Wow. Yeah. I would have never guessed that. <laughs> I need to see this. So I think that is one of the reasons why we're going to see that is now you've got that whole like, you know, w what is marriage? Where where do we where do we begin to separate? Because it is very hard to separate out where people are in life and what we are okay with, what we're doing. Um, it's it, it is a very peculiar spot to be in because now the average person is getting married at what, 25, 26 years old? Yes, for So sure. even for a woman at 25, 26 years old, you're still 10 years removed from when it would be considered late to get married in the Bible. Biblically. Dudes are, you know, roughly about the same time, 18 to 21 is when they were saying, I've always heard it was younger. I've always heard it was like 15 to 18 was when men were getting married. It might be closer to that age, but... But there's always kind of been... Um, the average male always has married three to five years younger is what the, I think the national average is or whatever, just because men and women mature at different rates and things like that. Um, so that is one of those things that it's it makes it so hard to talk about these things and purity culture that I don't think purity culture really took into consideration was you were asking a whole lot of a person who doesn't have any self-control because they're a child. Yes, for sure. And you're, it's more of a scare tactic is w really kind of how I saw it. Um, I saw it in where I never saw it in a way of, you know, like we'll use this as an example. If, you came to me and said, Hey, you're an, or your boyfriend came to me and was like, Hey, you know, I messed up or we went too far, whatever. I never saw them be like, man, I'm sorry that that happened, but you know what? There's God grace. forgives. Yeah. There's grace. And you know, maybe you need to take the time and look at this and say, you know, what am I holding on to that's serious and things like that. I never really kind of saw that. I saw this, Oh man, you, you're never going to get that back. You're a screw up. Yeah. Like what happens if, you know, you don't marry girl A 
now you've got to tell girl B All what you've done baggage. with girl. And there have been churches, you know, Mars Hill Church is one of them that I'm, I think of that they really pushed that to a point to where it was very attacking for a lot of people where they wanted to know, you know, who they'd been with before and this and that. And it became kind of this weird whole subculture of things where they were pushing and pushing and pushing. Now, don't get me wrong. I think that there needs to be a push for morality. Of course. I think that you need to do that. But I think that there needs to be more of a push for grace, sovereign grace, things that says, you know what, life isn't done and you're not damaged goods. Oh, going back to your damaged goods, you think of, we read all different articles about how in youth groups they would give the example of, one of them talked about a brownie and how this girl got this brown cosmic brownie out of the wrapper yep. and had the youth group of 45 kids pass around this cosmic brownie and then ask, oh, do you want to eat this? And of course everyone's going to say no. <laughs> But do you see think myself at a youth group of cosmic brownies, <laughs> drop that thing in the mud and I'll eat it. Well, I would hope not. But going back to the point, you think about, I wonder how many girls were sitting there and had already given away their purity and had to see themselves as crusty, dirty brownies that right. were passed around, even though they might have only had one sexual partner or things of that nature. Right. And now, and that's the thing that I, you know, I've heard people say, Oh, well, everybody knows that you went this far with boy a now boy B you've got to up that, or they're not going to like you and they're going to leave and you're going to feel alone and depressed. And you're going to think that your only worth is between your legs. And I don't think that's really what you're going to hear from other people. I think that is the judgment and the BS that you get sometimes from, hypocritical Christians like no sure. dude I think you're just telling me what you think I don't think you have anything that backs it I I watched a youth pastor do that with a person and I sat right there and I and it was a really hard time I know my parents were trying to do their best it was while my dad wasn't a pastor um, for a brief moment on keeping me in church but I watched that guy and I was like man this is the biggest doucher of a of a youth pastor I've ever met I don't want to even be around like I just kind of want to punch him in the face. Like that was really rude. Cause I was friends with this girl. Like for sure, I knew who this girl was. This was a girl who, you know, I knew he knew what he was talking about with it. I knew he knew cause he also was at the school all the time. He knew who she was, what was going on in her life. And he used that to kind of, I know he was trying to set an example or whatever, and maybe there was some good intent behind it, but, there's a lot of messed up people because a lot of people didn't know how to say things and what to do. And it's because I think it comes down to, we don't know what we're talking about because we don't know how to separate things out and not all thing. You can't lump everything into it. For you sure. can't lump sexual attraction into lust. Amen. You know, and that's one of those things where like I, I started to look into, um, because for a while I wanted to get into fashion design, believe it or not. I wanted to do like denim and leather work and I would see things and I had have these ideas and it's like, man, I bet that person would look really, really good in this. And then I'm like, well, crap, now am I lusting? Like, where am I at on it? And, and I heard a really good definition for it. Um, the initial, ooh, that person's attractive or ooh, I like that. That isn't the, that's not the sin of it. It's the storing that in your brain 
for a later thing. Like, hey, I remember that girl. <laughs> yeah, that's that's where it becomes that line of crossing into attraction and lust. And I don't think there's enough talking about that. You know, it's easy to point out and what if, you know, what you believe as sexual sin is what sexual immorality is and things like that. It's easy to say, okay, that's that's bad, that's good, but you got people who don't even know if what's good is good anymore because they just they've it's been hammered in their head. And I think there's churches now that are doing a better job of tackling that issue. Oh, for sure. I don't think it's as, you know, archaic and barbarian as the old true love weights used to be. Because it gets pretty intense in some churches. Yes, for sure. Um, I know that the pastor of Transformation Church actually did a series about love and those type of things, and he had some really great points that were culturally. Well, and I know Church on the Move did the same thing here locally. um, Because that's where um, I have some family that go there and pointed me to their discussion on some just some things. I think especially with COVID and things like that, you know, you had this whole new online world that was living. Um, you had, you know, the only fans bubble that just blew up and you had all these people that are asking about this and you've got, you know, all, everybody's online. Everything's doing now. Catfish is even more catfishier. It's, it's weird. So we're going to probably tackle some of those things as well. We're going to talk about different church denominations and different things like that. We're going to talk about what does the Bible say about this and that. Um, probably get into some dating and things like that. I think it'll be a fun sure. show. I just, again, want to definitely go on and say I am new to the podcast. I am not a pastor. I'm not an elder. I'm not an overseer. I'm a teenage girl who's been living her You're life. You're not a teenage girl. You're oh, 20. I'm 20. Okay. I just passed the age of teenage girl and I've been living my life for several years but for I think Christ. That sometimes that's the best person. Yes. Um, you know, I've always heard that you might be the only Christ somebody sees. For sure. And I've, you know, that can be a good thing and that can be a bad, but they're, just because you're not ordained or you're not this or you're not that doesn't mean that you can't have some good positive things to put into people's life. For sure. I just definitely want to say I'm not ordained. I am not going through seminary, but I have been through life and trying to walk it as Christianly as I can. And I just want to give some advice or yeah, some it's really personal not even advice. It's just conversation. And sometimes people can find, I think that there's a lot of, there's a lot of good things that come from seminary and, Things sure. like that. But I also think that you don't have to have gone to the, to some seminary school and have a theology degree or this and that to not to be able to make an impact for Christ in the world. For sure. So, and one positive about our podcast is we're not afraid to be honest. Right. We will tackle the hard topics. We'll as have, best as we can. As best as we can. And if we can't get it done, we'll call the Clint. We're still doing it with a heart for Christ. Yes. And the Clint is definitely the Clint is my just, father. Great yep. influence. <laughs> ten numbers away. We've got it. So, guys, thank you for joining us for the hour and ten minutes. It's a little bit longer than our last episodes that we were doing. They were like 15-minute little blips, but they weren't really podcasts. It was more of sitting around and doing like a video thing, but putting the audio out. So, thank you for joining us for our first episode as like a full podcast. And we'll have this out every Wednesday. Sick. Awesome. Even after you go back to school and you're not my intern. Oof. You'll just be my co-host. We'll see. There you go. (laughs) All right, guys. 
Until next time, stay safe and uh, be pure, but not culturally pure, pure because that could be bad. If you have questions, you're welcome to reach out. <laughs> yes, at the Exchange Bartlesville or the exchangebartlesville.com. You can find us there. Hit us up. We'll try our best to answer. Yes. Till next time, guys. Have a good one.